like every there I am. Oh, are you not hearing yourself? I mean, I it's so hard to tell because these aren't noise canceling. Oh, okay. So you can hear yourself when you're out your mouth and through the headphones. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you know, when you talk, but like you hear yourself like inside your head. Uh huh. Yeah. So even, yeah. Anyway. Hi. Hello. How's it going? It's going. It's hey, it going. stopped raining. <laughs> Finally. Oh, a nice couple it's of days. It's been like three days without rain. I know. It's and I haven't been able to mow not one of these days. And my oh. grass is shooting up. And now it's going to rain for like, well, no, I can't mow tomorrow either. But then for like the next six days after is all rain. So <laughs> sorry, uh, neighbors. Yeah. Not really, though. Did you did you like all uh, my weed lawn? Your weed lawn? Did you see all all the? I dandelions? saw the dandelions by the road. Yeah, there's like uh, our entire yard is like dandelion city. That's my yard too. It's never been so bad with the dandelions. Like they're everywhere. I went out um, last week with the the cancer causing spray. Oh yeah, <laughs> Roundup, Roundup, because that's what's in my garage, and. Um, I mean, I figure at this point, I'm already exposed to it. So if I'm going to get tumors, I'm going to get tumors. Like, I may as well have a good-looking lawn and appease my um, garden club neighbors <laughs> so they don't have to, like, come pound on my door. Or, you know, what am I going to lawn this week? Um, so I sprayed some of them. But it's like I mow, and it's all nice and green. And then I swear to God, the next day, there's yellow everywhere. I'm like, how the f- Fuck, I just decapitated all of you. I know. How are you growing back that fast? And these ones are like puffball stage, but we've mowed like twice. And where do they go? Do they just like lay down and then like, oh, you're done mowing? I'm going to stand back up now. That's what I thought at first because I'm like, am I like missing you? Like, am I not actually chopping you and you're just being flattened and then popping back up? So I went and looked after I mowed and no, they were all severed. Like, it's like a dandelion, like, battlefield. They've all, like, (laughs) laid down their arms and, you know, they're all dead. Zombie dandelions. (laughs) Oh, how was your little two-week vacation from this podcast? Um, Anything you'd like to share with the world? I got a job. You didn't even tell me that yet. What the fuck? It's it's just like a little part time thing helping out um, someone that has a disability in town. Oh, I love that. Have you started it already? Yeah. What the fuck? You keeping secrets from me now? Well, it's not like professional, professional. So, so like you're getting paid? No. Yeah. Well, you think you'd share that with your BFF before the world? But I, I mean, you know, whatever. I can see where I stand. Okay. Well, we started talking on here before we really talked much before. Yeah, we did. Because I was so late. So I was just like, here we go. <laughs> I did ask if you were ready yet. And you were like, sure. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I didn't think about it. That's okay. <laughs> That's great. I had to take one of the podcasts into you know this already oh yeah <laughs> i'm sharing with the world one of the because there's invested interest with the podcast so my <laughs> poor henry i think i might have mentioned on here before um he had a growth on his tail 
and his well his normal vet his normal vet is great but when i took him there to that office she wasn't in and he had to see another vet in the office who was completely useless and um she just she sucked i never ever want to see her fucking face again she's terrible but uh after <laughs> some time of arguing with her um because her stance was what are you trying to get out of this um for you to like save my cat and make sure he doesn't have fucking cancer like um like she, i can't even get into it it's gonna piss me off she sucked um so i had to go to the big animal hospital and um he went in and he saw the vet there and she was like, yeah, we need to take his tail off. And they got him in for surgery the next morning, which was really good. And yeah. then, um, so he's home now. He's tailless. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> he has a little nub that kind of sticks up sometimes. Oh. Like, poor, they shaved his butt. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, no, he It's not funny, but it's funny. No, it's hilarious. It's hilarious because he's okay. Yeah. We're still waiting for the results from the biopsy. They they did the surgery and then just sent the whole thing in for biopsy. So, um, we're still waiting for those results to see if it was malignant or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far all the tests, they did x-rays and everything. She said so far everything looks fine. Um, so he's at home recuperating. He has to stay separated from his sister for two weeks, Aww. and they. She sits out. She, he's in the den, and she just sits vigil outside his door all day. Aww. And like I try to go back and forth so they both get equal attention. Especially he gets his drugs, and then he kind of goes he, to sleep. He goes to sleep, but for like the first hour before he conks out, he's the most loving, affectionate. <laughs> this cat has never been. It's never been like that with him. Even when, like, this cat was damn near feral when I took him in. (laughs) And even after he, like, warmed up to me, Mm -hmm. he still, like, has never... I mean, this cat was... I've never heard him purr so loud. Oh, you could actually hear him? Oh, my God. So Like, from across the room, so loud. And then he came over and was, like, in my... He's got a cone on his head. Aw, poor buddy. <laughs> it's so funny. He keeps walking into stuff. And he, you know how Helena, she walks and her head does that bob thing? Mm-hmm. So she, I think that that came because she was so little when she got spayed and she had that cone for a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. And that's how she, like, kind of walked to be able to see, where, like, where she was going. Mm-hmm. And she, like, it's stuck. She still does it, <laughs> even after she lost the cone. But that's how he's walking now with the coat on his head. And I'm like, are you going to keep, are you going to walk funny like this when it's off too? (laughs) But he's but like, he gets those drugs and he's like, he was like in my ear shouting his purr (laughs) and then just like all over me, just like, it was the most, I'm like, oh my God, are you the same cat? Did they give me the wrong cat back? (laughs) It was so great. I'm like, I should keep you on these drugs forever. It'll be the most loving thing, but I think he's feeling better now. And this morning he was, no, I don't want that. And cause the one is like, you can smell it. It tastes like, or it smells like, um, like cherry cough syrup. Oh, yeah. They give it to a really cat. Gross. <laughs> and the oh. other one is, uh, cherry cough syrup is why I hate cherry flavored anything. Yeah. It's disgusting. Cause that's all they had when we were kids. Cherry lozenges too. 
Yeah. Like wild well. cherry caught like the laws and what? Yeah. And now they have like bubblegum and grape and all that. Stuff. Oh, no, no. Bubblegum is. <laughs> well, I mean. They had bubblegum when we were kids. Cause well, we never did at my house, so. I had it in several different forms, like for different things. And mm-hmm. it like. Um, the grape one actually smells like it tastes okay. I think grape is the best. Bubblegum doesn't taste like bubblegum. I don't like bubblegum anyway, though, on yeah. a good day, but then you add, like, a medicinal <laughs> flavor to it. Yeah. Hint. And it's even worse. Like, at the dentist, they used to always give me, when I was a kid, oh. they used to always use the bubblegum toothpaste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, just give me peppermint. Give me the normal stuff. This is not fun for me. This does not make it fun. Really? They have lots of flavors now. They ask the kids every time they go in, do you want raspberry? Do you want strawberry cheesecake? Do you want... Strawberry cheesecake? That was a new one. Oh, that was a while back. What about like birthday cake? (laughs) Or chocolate? I haven't heard mention of chocolate yet. They should have chocolate. (laughs) Anyway, should we get down to business? Um, sure. I have a shout out. Well, how about we start with, welcome to my favorite haunting... Oh, I'm Ames. Hi. And I'm Mel. This is episode 21 yeah. or season three, episode one, whatever you whichever way you'd like to, to view it. I yeah. feel like three seasons in less than a year is excessive. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> I think we should just number the episodes. Sure. Just keep numbering them till we get to a thousand million, whatever. A thousand million? Yep. Is, is that otherwise known as one trillion? Sure. I think I did that right in my head. Three zero, right? Okay. Yeah, because then a billion, you, and then you, you being did it. A hundred billion, and then a trillion. You did it. I did it. I mapped. <laughs> I numbered. I did number science. Number science today. Yay! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so glad that you remember to do our introduction every time. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. Everyone would just be like, what the fuck podcast am I listening to? I don't know. Well, I mean, it's titled, so I hope they read it before they click on it. You know what? I was thinking that too, but if you, because I've had this happen to me where if you have, um, if you're subscribed to different podcasts and it'll do like you finish one, because like I'll have it in the car Mm -hmm. and then, you know, I can't mess with the phone in the car (laughs) and um, it'll just autoplay to the next whatever's downloaded (laughs) and I'll be like, wait a minute, this isn't my favorite murder anymore. What am I listening to? (laughs) Oh, it's welcome to Night Vale now. Okay, cool. Here we go. (laughs) Um, And it like, it's. So, I mean, for that, I guess, yeah, I could see that happening because somebody's I mean, listening to, like, something good and then we pop on and they're like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> what did I download? And, like, some people who are really into podcasts that'll have, like, you know, 200 of them subscribed to. Oh, wow. That, that's a lot. I mean, that's hyperbole, but I mean, I'm sure there's <laughs> somebody out there that subscribed to 200 podcasts, so. Uh, yeah. So, I had a shout out. Um, because we have a new super fan oh, yes. who's followed all of our socials and left us a glowing iTunes review. Good. Um, so hi, Destiny. Welcome hi, to Destiny. the club. Um, glad to have you. <laughs> um, I think she joined our Facebook group too. I know I approved like two more people and my memory is shit. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm, my memory is a sieve. I should, 
write this stuff down. <laughs> take notes, maybe? Maybe I should take notes on stuff. Is that why I have so much trouble <laughs> with so many things? Because I don't take notes. I have notes today. Hopefully they're good. I don't think at I'll, least on your story. <laughs> at least on my story. I don't think I'll ever have as good notes as I did for our live show. <laughs> Cause I was like, we can't fuck around. We're live. Like people are actually watching. Cause I'm like, I'm gonna edit it anyways, but <laughs> I didn't want to put other people through that. I only want to put you through that torture <laughs> of like, wait, hold on, I have to Google this. Yeah, it wasn't too bad for that. I think that's all of our... Oh, we did start looking at designing um, stickers and t-shirts. Yes. Um, the tab is open on <laughs> my iPad. Uh, the stickers look really straightforward. I think the t-shirts are going to be a little bit more complicated. Okay. But I'm excited. I'm just excited for stickers because I'm going yeah. to do more giveaways. You guys are paying for your own shirts, though. Yes. <laughs> They're going to be expensive. <laughs> but the stickers i'm more than happy to buy like you have to buy a minimum of like 250 oh wow well i mean you know it'll, it's oh, like yeah, business I cards know, i know so that. It's, it's just, you, you it gotta, sounds like a lot i know well i mean it kind of is but i mean i'll leave those everywhere i'll start leaving little stacks of them in like public bathrooms and like <laughs> you wait until i hit comic-con i'm gonna be at ace comic-con in seattle at the end of june you wait to see what happens there <laughs> those stickers are gonna be everywhere i should put like uh, I was going to say I should put a link on them, but you can't click a sticker. But like I should put like our website or something yeah. on it. Yeah. I was going to say like Like in website. small print on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for the day that we have our own table at a Comic-Con. What? Yeah. That's going to be fun. That's going to be scary. No, it's not. Not a panel, just a table. And we'll just sit at the table all day and And people are going to walk up and they'll be saying, who are you? And we're going to be like, here's a goodie bag. Listen to our podcast. <laughs> Hell yeah. I will put that. Sh- well, you're the crafty one. You can help. I'll be the financier. <laughs> I'll pay for the shit and you make it happen. <laughs> okay. You're the creative one. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So you can be that. the person that puts the dot of glue. <laughs> I fully expected you to say you can be the person that puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> okay, that got dark really fast. Because, yeah. My brain. <laughs> Wait, am I going first? I know we're just having a stare down. Okay. I'll go first. <laughs> All right. I got confused. You're going to like the one I have. This is a place that we talked about going when we were in the area, but we didn't have a rental car for that trip. Oh. So, and it was kind of a drive. So we couldn't get there because it, it definitely would have been like a whole day thing. Oh. Do you know what it is? Yes. Um, and I think, I think it had come up that, I don't know if, well, I mean, if I, if I had said it, I know you probably would have agreed, but I think the consensus was also, if we were going to go, we needed to stay overnight. Um, 
especially it being such a far drive. Mm-hmm. You, is it still the one you think it is? I think so. I don't remember talking about staying overnight there, but maybe I just thought it. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, never mind. <laughs> well, I definitely, I mean, it definitely should be in an overnight. It's a bed and breakfast. Okay. So like if you're going to get anything, like you really want to stay overnight anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the Myrtle's Plantation. Yes, it is. And it, yeah. <laughs> in uh, St. Francisville, Louisiana. So we were in New Orleans mm-hmm. and we discussed wanting to go out there. And I know I definitely wanted to go. And I think... Um, I think when we went, we didn't have that detailed of an itinerary. We just kind of winged a lot of it. Yeah. That's we, how we ended up at the aquarium because I don't even think we knew the aquarium was there. No. I didn't. I, we got a package um, and it included the aquarium and the zoo and something else. We didn't go to the zoo. No, we didn't go to the zoo because it was further away. It would have been a bus ride. Then we oh, decided yeah, yeah. to stay, just stay in close to the French Quarter. That aquarium, the Autobahn Aquarium, was really cool that we had to pet the stingrays, that huge <laughs> stingray. T- they were so cute. They were like little water puppies. Yeah. Like coming. I remember sticking my hand in, and I think because I was wearing perfume, so they all flocked to me. <laughs> and it was like they were coming up and budding the underside. I'm gesturing. You guys can't see, but <laughs> like rubbing themselves like little puppies, like so excited to get pets. And um, what else was there? Did we pet a shark? Um, yes, thinking, okay. yes, those were because they felt like sandpaper. They were yeah, yeah, yeah. Were they the weird. nurse sharks or something? Nerf sharks? Nurse. Nurse. Nerf. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they were little, though. They weren't, like, big. Yeah. Right? They were, like, a couple feet or something. Yeah. Um, they were in a really shallow tank, right? I think so. Because there's another aquarium, I think the one in Gatlinburg. I think that one also had stingrays and sharks, but they were, the stingray tank was really teeny and it was super shallow. Mm-hmm. So like they can't get away from you. Like you're guaranteed to pet one. Like, <laughs> I don't like that. Like give them the space to swim around. Yeah. They seem to enjoy being pet. So <laughs> they loved it. They were so cute. Um, so the Myrtle's Plantation. Um History. So it was built in 1796 by General David Quote, Whiskey Dave, unquote, Bradford. Um, He's called Whiskey Dave because of his role in the Whiskey Rebellion. Ah. Um, (laughs) So back then, so he fled the U.S. to Bayou Sarah, it said, um, which is part of... um, also part of New Orleans, part of Louisiana, present day Louisiana. But back then it was still a Spanish colony. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's like he fled the U.S. Like now it's the U.S. But back then it wasn't still the U.S. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. That's confusing. <laughs> um, so he uh, he cut a deal with, I didn't write it down, whoever was in charge and got like a, a grant for a 650 acre plot of land. So it was originally named, he originally named it Laurel Grove. Laurel Grove, and he lived there by himself until he was pardoned for his part in the Whiskey Rebellion by President John Adams in 1799. So he was there by himself for a few years, and he had a family back up in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. um, wife and kids. So once he was pardoned, he had the rest of his family moved down mm-hmm. to his... Why are you laughing at me? What's wrong? Nothing. I just heard something wrong. Oh. It sounded like you said whence instead of once. Oh, okay. 
That's all. <laughs> I well, I had a lot of caffeine this morning, so I'm probably going to say a lot of words that are not words are the words I mean. Um, so his wife, Elizabeth, and then their five kids came down from Pennsylvania. Um, Whiskey Dave died in 1808. And his wife, Elizabeth, took over running the plantation until 1817. And she passed that responsibility on to her son-in-law, Clark Woodruff. So Clark Woodruff was a judge um, and a former law student of Bradford's. I guess Bradford taught law. Um, (laughs) So he married into their family um, by their daughter, Sarah. Um, So this is where the story kind of... um, What's the opposite of converge? Diverge. I'm like, it converges <laughs> as my hands are going away from each other. It's kind of where the story diverges. So um, I probably this story is real. Um, it's that Sarah and two of their three children died of yellow fever between 1823 and 1824. Um, however, there's another story a legend, um, a, I don't know how you want to put it. I feel like it's probably more accurate to say that they died of yellow fever. Mm-hmm. But we have the legend of Chloe. So this was a plantation mm-hmm. in the 17, 1800s in Louisiana. So they had slaves. Judge Clark, uh, he took uh, one of the slaves, Chloe, um, on as a mistress. Um, it says she's young. I thought I had seen somewhere that she was like 13. Um, yeah, he's a disgusting piece of shit. Um, this article doesn't say it just says young. Um, so, and then of course she, I mean, she's a slave, so she's like, what space does she have to argue? Mm -hmm. And then she also figured it was better than working on the cotton fields. So she went along with it. Um, and this went on for a few years. And then according to legend, Chloe became worried that his wife would find out and take revenge on her. Um, so she starts like eavesdropping on the conversations to see what's going on. And, um, allegedly one day he caught her listening and ordered her to cut off her own ear as a punishment. Yeah. I mean, this is unverified. This is like, and it's like, you know, one of those things that like spirals and snowballs. It's like, who knows how much of this is true. None of this was on um, the Myrtle's Plantation website. Mm -hmm. They did have her, um, like the whole like mistress thing. And, um, but the cutting off the ear, that's new. (laughs) Um, so now Chloe's pissed. And, but I think another version of this that I read, it was that wasn't in there. It was that she wanted him to herself. Mm. Um, but either way, the story goes, Chloe made a cake for the family. Oh, yummy cake. Um, and laced it with poison. Um, Don't eat the cake. <laughs> it diverges again. It, diver- it diverges whether 
she intended to kill everybody mm-hmm. or she just wanted to make them really sick. There was a version that says she just wanted to make them really, the kids really sick so that she could nurse them back to health and be seen as like the hero to stay um, like yeah. in the house instead yeah, of being can, sent out to the fields. And I could see that. Yeah. So, but it backfired on her. She put too much poison. Um, and the judge was away, so he didn't have any. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, one of the kids didn't have any. I forget what the reason was. They were being punished. No cake for you. No cake for you. Um, but his wife and two of the kids did. Mm. And they, and there was too much and they died. Um, after that, the other slaves on the plantation found out what she did. And they were afraid of backlash against everybody. Mm-hmm. So they took it upon themselves to take her and hang her from a tree. Oh. Um, and then it says when she finally died. So it sounds like maybe she didn't. Oh, it was so it didn't snap dragged out. Oh. Yeah. Um, they cut down her body and threw her in the river. And she just kind of floated away. Um, but again, these like, <laughs> there. that's one, well, that's like two versions of one version. And then there's like the official story that they, the three of them died of yellow fever, uh-huh. which, and then it also says like from 1823 to 1824. So I feel like that sounds a little more plausible mm-hmm. as opposed to like, you were all poisoned and died on the same day as, you know, mm-hmm. yellow fever is spaced out because you're sick for a while. And yeah, but either way. Um, the, the legend of Chloe is, um, this whole, like she was his mistress and poisoned them and by accident and they died. Uh, so in the official yellow fever thing, what happened to her, Chloe? Um, it does not say, Uh it does not specify. Interesting. Um, Every version, though, this young slave, Chloe, Mm -hmm. was taken as his mistress. So I feel like that's a fact. Mm -hmm. Um, That Sarah and two of their kids died, that's a fact. Mm -hmm. So it's just controversial over how and the method and what happened to Chloe. Um, I feel like maybe she was hung. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe something else happened. Maybe the the other slaves were jealous of her having like a cushy, quote unquote, cushy gig inside the house. Um, You know, it could be any of these. Yeah. Um, But we'll come back to Chloe in a a little bit. Okay. Um, Elizabeth Bradford, who was uh, Woodruff's mother-in-law or Sarah's mother, um, she died in 1831. So when Elizabeth Bradford died... Clark Woodruff left with his only surviving child, Mary. Um, He put a caretaker in charge until 1834 when he sold the plantation and the slaves to Ruffin Gray Sterling. Ruffin. Ruffin. Sterling and his wife, I forget her name. I wrote it down further down. Uh, Maybe another Mary. Yeah, Mary. So they did an extensive remodel. They nearly doubled the size of the house now had 22 rooms and two stories and they filled it with expensive imports. And I wrote in parentheses, rich white mofos. (laughs) Um, They had like everything imported from Europe, like chandeliers and Mm -hmm. fancy hand car furniture and all that shit. Um, 
And they also changed the name of the plantation from what I call it, Laurel Grove or whatever bullshit, to the Myrtles. And it's named after the crepe Myrtles that grow in the area. Mm -hmm. So, like, I always call it Myrtles Plantation. I thought it was named after someone named Myrtle. And, like, (laughs) nobody puts an apostrophe S and what, like, and everybody calls it the Myrtles. And, like, but that's why. Like, after reading that, I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. (laughs) Okay. Because it's Myrtles plural, not Myrtles property well, I mean to. <laughs> uh yeah uh so that was 1834 sterling died in 1845 left the plantation to his wife mary Catherine cobb sterling uh the house survived the civil war but was robbed of all the fancy expensive shit <laughs> and the family went broke because their fortune was tied up in confederate currency oh gee too bad and imported furniture. <laughs> and imported furniture. Well, I mean, they, it sounds like they were so rich that that didn't even... Mm. But, I mean, all your money is Confederate, and now the Confederacy doesn't exist. Uh, oh, I wrote, the family went broke because their fortune was tied up in Confederate currency, in parentheses, and they lost. <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, they had to suck. Because I like to think that good will always triumph over evil, but, I mean, you know, our current state, we'll see. Mm. Yeah. I'm not even going to get into that because this is not a political podcast. No, it's not. Seriously, fuck you, Alabama Um, and Georgia and Ohio and I think Texas. Um, I don't think that one voted yet, but they were talking about it. Texas was looking for the death penalty for abortions where everyone else was just looking for life in prison. Oh, you don't watch the news. You don't know what's happening. No, I don't. Um, you're better off under your rock, friend. It's a okay. shit show out there. Yeah. Um, so I've heard. Yeah. Well, anyways, fuck that noise. No one wants to hear about that right now. Uh, where did I leave off now? They lost. They had to sell. Okay. So they had to sell the plantation in 1868 because they were dead ass broke. Um, but two years later in 1870, they bought it back. Um, <laughs> they made their money back that I quick? I guess, yeah. Or, you know, they were able to liquidate something maybe, or they sold the plantation and invested somewhere else and made more money. Who knows? <laughs> uh, so William Drew Winter. So he married one of Sterling's daughters, Sarah, and they had six kids. One of them, Kate, died of typhoid at age three. We'll come back to her as well. Uh, In 1871, William was killed on the front porch. So they said it was a stranger, possibly a guy named E.S. Weber. I did find other information that uh, I don't know how verified. Reliable. Reliable. I don't (laughs) know how reliable it was because it was like somebody's blog. And it was the only thing that I could find but it alleged that his whole family was like tied up in criminal dealings and Mm -hmm. um so who knows if it was somebody out for revenge or if it was just something random or hired to kill him there's yeah there was really no like motive that i could find but um Mm -hmm. there so there it's alleged that up to 10 murders took place on this property over the years, but his is the only one that actually has like information. Yeah. He's the only one that's actually like, there's actually a record of it. (laughs) Um, so it was, and it sounds like they never caught the guy either because they said possibly a man named ES Weber. 
Um, but they said it was a stranger, nobody actually known to him, mm-hmm. walked up and shot him while he was on his front porch. Then he, I mean, he didn't die right away. Yeah. And he kind of stumbled into the house and tried to make his way upstairs. He only made his, he only made it up to the 17th step before he died. Where was the rest of the people that lived there? Keep that in mind. Well, I found another account that said that his wife, like, met him on the stairs and, oh. like, he died in her arms. I'm like, that sounds really dramatized. I don't know how <laughs> accurate that is. Um, but regardless, he made it up to the 17th step um, before he succumbed to his gunshot wound. So, oh, good. We're going to go right back to him. Um, that's a really common reporting is hearing the staggering, like, kind of struggling footsteps. Mm-hmm. Um, like, someone's, like, kind of struggling their way up the stairs, and they stop on the 17th step. And then that's it. Um, and it's attributed to being his last steps. Um, there are ghost photos everywhere. Um, there are two famous ones posted on the Myrtle's website. Uh, one of them is of Chloe. Mm-hmm. And she's been sighted a bunch of times, like, just by the naked eye. Mm-hmm. Um, but they caught a photo of her. They were doing um, in the early 90s for the insurance company. They were taking photos. Oh. And they have, there's like a breezeway between the general store, which is like their gift shop, Mm -hmm. and where uh, that first guy, I already forgot his name, Bradford, where Whiskey Dave, where he (laughs) lived, he lived in this little shack Mm -hmm. while they were building the main house. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, and then he moved into the house, but they made that like their gift shop, Mm -hmm. like office area. And, um... And so there's this breezeway that goes in between the two buildings and that's where she's seen. And they have this photo on their website and it looks like a shadow figure, but mm-hmm. you can see the, the siding through her, like oh. the lines of the siding. Uh, and then they have this other photo. It almost looks too clear to be real. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently this little girl has been... Uh, cited a few times and they don't say that it's Kate, the little, the three-year-old who died of typhoid, but it's a little, it's a cute little girl in like, um, it's, um, a teacher was visiting with students, Mm -hmm. like a class trip and they were taking pictures in front of, or like on the front porch and in the window, it's so clear when they zoom in, it's so clear. Um, and like the original photo, you can see there's, you can definitely see there's somebody there and then they have like the zoomed in and she's, it almost looks like a little sailor dress or something. And she's got like a little hat. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's really, it's like, it's a dress with a collar and there's like stripes on the waist and stripes around the bottom of the skirt. Mm -hmm. And, um, it almost looks like a little like tie that hangs down, um, like, I, don't, this, I want to call it a sailor outfit. It's not really a sailor outfit, yeah. though. Um, but it's definitely, like, old-timey, like, clothing. And, I mean, she's little, and she's got a really cute little chubby face. Like, she could be three. Mm-hmm. So they don't say that they think it's her. They just they just call her the ghost girl. But I'm like, dude, you just said, like, this three-year-old Kate died there of yeah. typhoid. This is Kate. <laughs> That's my opinion. That's not actually listed anywhere. But, um there's those both of those pictures are on the Myrtle's Plantation website. Um and then of course Ghost Hunters investigated here. And they got so I actually watched the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually had time to. 
Um, they, oh, I left out the part about the mirror in the entryway. Um, it's allegedly haunted by the spirits of Woodruff's children. And, um, the story goes, you take a picture of yourself in the mirror and they show up. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I couldn't find any photos of that. Um, Tap said, most likely it's matrixing, which is when you take a picture of a reflective surface, like a mirror or a window, and it makes like a face mm-hmm. and your brain changes it to a face. And it's like these photos here though, like there's no, this girl in the window that it's not like, it's clearly, yeah, it's like a full apparition. Um, it's not like, well, that could be a face, mm-hmm. but what, go- what they did find in that episode of ghost hunters, um, they got a couple like human shaped forms on the thermal camera mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then like the night vision camera. One the one on the night vision camera was, um, was really cool. Cause it was, they had set it up, I think like at the top of the stairs inside mm-hmm. and it was facing the front door or a door. I think it was the front door, but like. So the night vision, you know, it's like, or, or infrared maybe, but regardless, you know, it's like the black and white mm-hmm. and the, you see the figure kind of, it looks like somebody like snuck up and like stood up and peeked in the window and then crouched back down as they ran away, <laughs> which was like, what is that? And they, ver- you know, they verified like nobody was in the area. It was just their team there. Mm-hmm. And um, they got everybody's location where they were at that time. And nobody was in that area. Um, and then the thermal camera, they got a couple. I think one was like a partial. And then the other one was kind of clear. Um, my favorite part of this episode, though. <laughs> Was Jason and Grant, they're in the slave cabin oh, where the slaves yeah. lived. Um, and they're each, they're each like laid out on a bed and there's like a little like side table, like mm-hmm. in between them with a lamp on it. And they're both kind of just sitting there and like they, I think they were doing some EVP and then they just went into like their own conversation mm-hmm. and it moved so slowly, neither of them noticed it at the time. And they found it in the footage afterwards. This lamp is on the table and it just slowly mm-hmm. like inches from like, not exactly the center, but like kind of, does that make sense? It was like in and then mm-hmm. it like slowly edges its way to the edge yeah. of the <laughs> table. And it's like when you watch it like sped up, it's like so obvious but it moves so slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was awesome. <laughs> I think I remember that. That was, I think that was the part of that investigation that I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> um, Jamie, a, the blogger of ghost Augustine.com. Uh, I'm so sorry, Jamie. I don't know if it's a male Jamie or a female Jamie. Because mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I was like, the whole time I was reading, I was like, she, she, she. And then I was like, Jamie could be a guy's name too. So I'm sorry, Jamie, if you're listening. I don't know if you're a boy or a girl. But um, Jamie did an investigation there. Um, stayed, Jamie stayed in Judge Woodruff's suite. Um, so there's rumors that when you stay in that room... On chilly nights, Chloe will come and cover you up with the blankets to keep you warm. Oh. 
So Jamie goes in and puts all of the blankets down at the foot of the bed. Mm -hmm. Three times during that night, Jamie woke up to find the covers all the way up to Jamie's shoulders. It's so hot because <laughs> I don't want to say he or she and be wrong because I don't know. I'm wondering if it's I'm wondering if it's a boy Jamie because does she cover up anyone or does she cover up guys or like or doesn't specify. Oh, okay. Um. It just so that there's rumors of Chloe covering guests on chilly nights. Okay. Uh, but three times. Um, the covers were all the way up to, and then Jamie made a note, I don't sleep like that. <laughs> and then said every time I thanked Chloe for covering me up and then put the covers right back. And it happened three times. So Interesting. I thought yeah, that was really cool. I was, I was wondering if, you know, if, cause sometimes I know I do this, either kick off blankets or pull them up mm-hmm. while I'm sleeping and I don't realize it. I have never pulled them up while I'm sleeping. I have always woken up to pull them up. Um, I have kicked them off in my sleep. I have taken my clothes off in my sleep. <laughs> like I've woken up like naked and I'm like, how did this happen? And it's because, yeah, dumbass, 105 degrees in here. <laughs> like you're hot. Um, but I have never, um, woken up and been covered while I've been alone. Hmm. I, um, I, I, I think I have. I've done that. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm just trying to think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, my question was if, is that the way she, Jamie sleeps? <laughs> well, Jamie said that that's not the way that Jamie sleeps. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, but that was a question I had was like, well, and, you could have gotten them yourself. And Jamie's <laughs> saying, like, the covers are all the way up. Yeah. Because well, that's Louisiana. the way I that's the way I sleep. I sleep with covers like, like cocooned, yeah, all the I way up too. to my shoulder, and like my face is tucked in. <laughs> yeah, if it's cold, for sure. But you also figure it's Louisiana. How cold does it actually get? Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on the time of year and everything too. And I didn't see it a date. I'm sure there was one. I just didn't see it. <laughs> well, I'm assuming if that was the goal was to if get a reaction chilly. out of Chloe, it was probably in a chillier month. A chilly. <laughs> Um, and then the last thing is that in 2002, Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, Unsolved Mysteries. A, I love that They show. shot an episode there and the crew reported constant technical difficulties like battery <laughs> drains, equipment malfunctioning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's a huge, yeah, a huge thing. Um, and so that's my story. Finally, after phone calls and bathroom breaks and... Well, we both got phone calls, but I'm finally done. <laughs> I feel like that took so long and it shouldn't have. Um, but that's Myrtle's Plantation and I'm dying, no pun intended, to <laughs> go there. Just to stay and to investigate. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice place. Looks it's very nice. Um, they do, do, so it's run as a, be- a bed and breakfast um, and you can go for just, you don't have to stay. You can go for just a tour and they do historical tours and, um, mystery tours. They don't call <laughs> them ghost tours. They call them mystery tours, but you know, cause it's a mystery it's a mystery. Um, and you can see, if you want to see these photos, it's just myrtlesplantation.com and, uh, 
click on the links. Um, those those specific two photos are on the Legend of Chloe and Other Ghost Stories page. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have a lot of information on there, but the pictures are really cool to look at. I will have to go look. Everybody will have to go look. I'm not comfortable taking their photos, so... Yeah. Um, even crediting them, just because... You know. Don't want to get sued. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't make money, so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to get a lot. <laughs> okay. That's it. Your turn. My turn. <laughs> Do we need okay. a break? No, I, I'm okay. Do we need a bathroom break? Am I okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so we're going to travel, like, pretty much on the opposite side of the globe, I think. Australia? China? Russia? Russia. Africa. Russia's, Russia? Russia's closest. Russia. Oh. Okay, yeah. Um you are. <laughs> so I, I did too. Pripyat slash Chernobyl, Ukraine. And I hope everyone knows what happened in Chernobyl. Did you see that movie? The where they went the group went on tour, yeah, I did. That was a fun movie. It was an interesting twist at the end. I don't remember what it was, but I remember enjoying it. <laughs> okay. So uh, some of the history. I, I will get into the history if people don't know what happened at Chernobyl. Um, Pripyat um, was a city north in northern Ukraine near the Ukraine-Belarus border. And it was named after the nearby river and it was founded in February 1970 as the ninth nuclear city in the Soviet Union, which is a nuclear city is a type of closed city where you need like special passes and stuff to like go in and out and stay and stuff because this particular city was um, set up to service the, the Chernobyl power plant. So, all the adults that lived in the city worked oh, at the power so plant. Oh, like were okay, yeah, gotcha. Or in field relating to the power plant or teachers for the schools for the kids and, you know, things like that. So it was everyone that lived there was to serve the power plant in some fashion. We live to serve the power plant. <laughs> that sounds like a cult. <laughs> and um, it was officially proclaimed a city in 1979. I don't know why it took it nine years to become a city, but that was a fact that I found. Russian rules. Um, The population grew to 49,360 by the time it was evacuated on the afternoon of April 27th, 1986. And that was the day after the Chernobyl disaster. And the evacuation took two days to complete which I did not know beforehand. I'm sorry if you said this already. Did you say how many people lived there? 49,360. And that's just in that one city. There was there's like hundreds of small little villages and stuff in the area. Like that, suburbs. That were like evacuated. Yeah. Also, which I did not realize either. <laughs> what happened at Chernobyl was on April 26th, 1980. Six at one twenty three a.m. Mm. 
reactor number four of the Chernobyl nuclear power plant failed. They were doing, um, they were running some kind of test and they, it got a power surge during the test and it caused it to, I think I want to say it over an overload in the circuits or something, but it caused a catastrophic steam explosion um, that resulted in a fire causing a series of additional explosions followed by a nuclear meltdown. And when they mean, when they say meltdown, usually it's just like, there's just partial, like partial destruction and stuff. But this meltdown, it like melted everything. Like literally the stuff in the core melted through like 10 floors below it. Oh, and it, it land, it ended up, or it was like eight or 10 floors. It, it like melted. It created this lava stuff that melted down like through all the floors and it ended up in this, what they call the elephant's foot. And it, it was this like puddly thing that looked like an elephant's foot at, <laughs> when it, when it finally cooled enough to like be solid. And yeah, the, I watched this thing about how radioactive that was. Like you stand next to it for three minutes and you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> like it was crazy. Um, and the power plant spewed a plume of radioactive fallout, which drifted over parts of Western Soviet Union, Eastern and Western Europe, Scandinavia, the UK, Ireland, and Eastern North America. Oh, wow. Within 48 hours. Oh, wow. So yeah, we got some radiation. So we got some of that. Yep. We did. Because we were both alive on the East coast. Yep. We were, we were both uh, just about two. (laughs) We both were, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's after my birthday. Um, the radioactive fallout was 400 times greater than that of the Hiroshima bomb. And the reactor was only in operation for less than three years at the time of the disaster. Mm-hmm. It was enclosed in a concrete and lead sarcophagus to contain the radiation, um, followed by a more recent um structure that was completed in 2016 it was it's this large steel dome thing it kind of looks like a sporting dome or something a stadium um but maybe not sports but it's like just like just like that like an arch dome thing like the dome <laughs> i don't know if that's what the dome looks like i've never seen it <laughs> Yes, you have. Okay. You've driven, well, I, you had to have driven by there. Probably, but I don't look out the window. <laughs> you don't look out the window while you're driving? That's <laughs> not the side windows. No? You never look out the side windows? Never, still- ever, ever. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's a wonder you haven't been in a wreck. Okay. So, um, following the meltdown, Soviet helicopters were dispatched to the scene equipped with uh, special fighting, firefighting gear. They dropped clay, sand, lead, and other extinguishing chemicals on the burning facility. Most of the fire was put out by 5 a.m., but the fire burning in Reactor 4 continued to blaze for several hours afterward. And the firefighters who responded to put out that fire, they were unaware of the nature of the fire. Oh, no. And um, they thought it was just like a, an electrical fire. Shit. 
and they received um, massive overdoses of radiation. Yeah, they did. Leading to many of their deaths. Oh, my God. And um, many of the workers who survived the initial blasts and fire would later die of radiation poisoning. So, um, reactors one through three were still in operation after the disaster. I thought the whole thing shut yeah, down. Yeah, I was going to say, I would think that it'd be like a chain reaction, right? Like, because th- they had to be somewhat close to each other. Yeah, they're a lot closer than I was expecting when I was reading stuff. I Well, I just picture, like, Springfield, <laughs> right? Like, because the, they have the two yeah. things that are, like, right next to each other. Well, it's this long, like, the whole thing is, like, it's all one long building. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a picture we, I'm hoping we can put up, and it, and it labels reactor one, two, three, and four. And they're a lot closer than I was expecting them to be mm-hmm. for what they do. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they were pretty good at containing the fire, so it stayed in just the one section that was number four. But, yeah, I was surprised to realize that Reactors 1 through 3 were still in operation after the disaster. Number 2 shut down in 91 after a small fire broke out there. Number 1... Wait, 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 wait. They evacuated everybody, but they still were running the the remaining reactors? Uh, yes, is because they had, like, a skeleton crew and they would rotate them. So they to limit their to limit exposure. their exposure, but yeah, they were still running the other things, and they thought they had the massive doses of radiation contained with the sarcophagus, which that started leaking. That's why they built a new thing over it recently. Mm-hmm. But um, where was I? Oh, number one, they shut down in ninety six, and number three, they shut down in two thousand. So number three was still going wow. to two thousand, and that's the one that was right next to number four. So, and, and the sarcophagus started leaking. (laughs) That's not fun. That's brave, bold, dumb. Take your pick. Yeah. Well, number one and number three were shut down after an agreement with the European Union to get assistance in modernizing the shelter over the reactor number four and improving their energy sector. So... They could shut them down and not because they needed some way to get electricity to their country, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, so once they had that agreement, they shut everything down. And on April 9th, 2015, one units one through three entered their decommissioning phase. And the nuclear power plant site cleanup is scheduled to be completed in 2065. Mm-hmm. Well, because that's when it's going to be safe to, like, <laughs> enter there, right? Yes. Well, the the main uh, radioactive element that is um, in the melted-down puddle of goo is <laughs> its half-life is 30, like, it was, like, 30 point two years or something like that. So now it's a lot, it's like half the radiation than it was when this happened. And then, and then it's because I'm, I vaguely remember high school science, (laughs) Um, but half lives. So 30.2 years. And then in another 
30.2 years, it'll be half of what it is now. Yes. That's how it goes, right? Yes. And then in another 30 years, it's half of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. I remembered. So I did nuclear science. <laughs> <laughs> nuclear science. So, um, this whole area is basically off limits to regular people. And they call it the exclusion zone. And it was established in on May 2nd, 1986. With an area of 30 kilometers or 19 miles of radius around Reactor 4. As the effects of the radiation were seen to spread, the zone expanded. Now the exclusion zone covers an area of approximately 2,600 kilometers or 1,000 square miles. And this is just in Ukraine. Belarus also has its own exclusion type zone of about the same size. And I didn't realize that they had so much effects of it as well. But it was, the wind was in a northerly direction, and that would have gone right, right over top of Belarus. I'm sorry, this is not really related, but kind of related. Um, I, I know that it's Belarus. Yes. But, like, because I've heard it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just now realizing because every time I've seen it, <laughs> I've pronounced it Valeris. <laughs> so it took me a minute to translate it in my head. Ah, okay. So that was all for the history. Mm-hmm. And Which now. Is plenty. Onto the hauntings. Onto the hauntings. See, you have your own catchphrase. That should go on a t-shirt, I think. Okay. Now, onto the haunting. <laughs> okay, so um, the hauntings, I'm, this first thing, I'm not positive if it's considered a haunting, but it was mentioned in several of the things that I came across, so I was like, Is it like it's deformed people living underground? No, it's oh. something that happened before the reactor <gasps> went. So it was already haunted. <laughs> now we have deformed ghosts. <laughs> I'm sorry, Prissy. So it all started in early April 1986 when sightings of a creature described as a large black bird-like creature. <laughs> I put creature twice. I don't know why. Or a headless man with a 20-foot wingspan and red eyes began to be reported by workers of the power plant. It was an omen. That sounds very devilish and demonic. (laughs) The creature would later become known as the Blackbird of Chernobyl. People who witnessed the Blackbird soon started to experience horrific nightmares, threatening phone calls, and some had firsthand encounters with the winged beast threatening phone calls i'm sorry was he picking up his zach morris cell phone and just like harassing people i don't know (laughs) um reports of these strange happenings continued to increase until the morning of april 26th Uh, many of the workers who survived the initial blast and fire claimed to have witnessed the large blackbird like creature gliding through the swirling plumes of irradiated smoke pouring from the reactor. Irradiated smoke? Um, most people believe that the Blackbird of Chernobyl is related to the Mothman that was seen in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, leading to the collapse of the Silver Bridge. The Mothman! In December of 68. And it 
it is believed that these creatures are omens of disaster to come yep. in the area in which they are seen. Oh, not quite haunting, but very cool. Yes. I've got a picture of an artist rendering of the Blackbird of Chernobyl and the Mothman, and they are surprisingly similar looking. I thought they were two different accounts of the same thing at first when I saw them. And it was I was weird. about to ask you how creepy they are, but did you email them to me? Are they sitting in my inbox? Yes, they so are. I can just look for myself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, the most detailed account of an encounter is by an, a nuclear physicist from the University of Buffalo. And he was on a visit in 1997 doing, like, testing and stuff. I think they random, not randomly, regularly. Um, we're checking for radiation spikes and leaks and all that kind of stuff. But it was surprising to know how many people are actually in this area all through... From 86 till now, that just, like, working and doing stuff, and it's crazy. Because it's always been, like, abandoned places. It was um, one of the ones, there was the show um, Life After People Mm -hmm. that that ran, I think, on, like, Discovery or something that I was obsessed with when that show I saw that. I've seen that before. Um, I have a couple episodes downloaded because (laughs) it was, like, so good. Um, but that was one of the places that they use as like a real life example. Like mm-hmm. this place has been abandoned for X amount of years and this is what it looks like. And the earth is, you know, retaking yeah. or reclaiming what, but so it, cause, but it hasn't really been abandoned this whole time. But I mean, those facilities are not in use. Yeah. The, well, like Pripyat is abandoned. Like there's no one living there. There's, but cars driving up and down the roads. That's why the roads are still clear clearish mm-hmm. <laughs> because they do have traffic every now and then but they're just going passing they're by passing to through. get to the power plant yeah and doing their business out there and um okay so back to andre Kars andre k <laughs> fair because <laughs> i was gonna try to pronounce that but no i think he's like native Russian or something or He's Russian descendant Eastern or something. European. Yeah. Because He's got a that, classic Eastern European name. Yeah. Yeah. That last name is too difficult for me. <laughs> so, um, Soviet Russia name pronounce you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is, um, in first person because it was like his word for word, like, what his experience was. So I arrived at the abandoned power station about 7.30 a.m. I proceeded directly to reactor four sarcophagus where the explosion took place. I could not enter due to the radiation. I stood by the entrance taking radiation and wrote gin readings. I know no one could be inside the old reactor core, but I could hear very distinctly hear the sound of someone screaming for help shouting that there was a fire inside. I ran upstairs to tell someone, but they said that when I entered the reactor control room, 
I was the first person to open that door in three years. And the only way to get inside the old reactor is through the door I came in through. If someone had gone inside the reactor when I was not looking, they would have tripped an alarm that goes off when the reactor door is opened mechanically. The reactor door is required to... The reactor door requires a password and a handprint, yet someone or something was inside. Later that evening, as we were eating dinner outside the building by the river next to the plant, a floodlight turned on in the, in the room of, in a room of the installation. There was no, there was no way anyone could be inside, and we ate pierogies as we ate we figured there was a power surge or something then just as my colleague said that the light turned off and that was his account no no, no. yeah that's creepy and then um the crew of the tv show destination truth do you remember that one? <laughs> was that the one with, uh, I can't think of his name. Where did I write it? I have his name here somewhere. With glasses. Yeah, and he has, like, a nasally kind of voice. He looks for, like, Bigfoot and stuff. Yeah. Josh something. Josh something. Sounds right. I can't remember yeah, his last I think name. I'm thinking I didn't write right. it down. But if I heard it, it'd be like, yes. And it's one of those things that it's only because I'm trying to think of it. Yeah. But I can't think of it. So um, that was season three, episode four. They went to Pripyat. They investigated at a hospital and caught several thermal images. Later, they took them to Jason and Grant of TAPS. Oh, hell yeah, they did. Who threw out one of them and they said, oh, no, that's just your reflection in a window. But one of the other ones, they said, was a really good piece of evidence. I think I remember that. I think I probably fangirled over, like, the crossover. <laughs> like, ah, you guys should always work together. <laughs> and, um, like, you, if you search up Destination Truth Pripyat, you'll find it, it online. You can watch it and make your own conclusions about it. Because there are a lot of YouTube clips Mm-hmm. That kept on saying, that's just a reflection in the window. That's just a reflection in the window. Even though they were wearing um, radiation suits mm-hmm. that gave off a um, consistent heat signature. Mm-hmm. So, like, every surface of their body was, the, was same the same color. color. And the reflection was not. Like, the head was really bright and, like, on the leg was really bright. And the rest of it was different. I don't, okay, so a thermal camera is on my list of things to get for the next time I go ghost spelunking. Spelunking. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but uh, so I don't know exactly how they work. I've never used one. Mm-hmm. But just to play devil's advocate, could that have been, if it was a reflection, does it reflect the exact same heat signature? Or is the camera reading the heat signature of the surface? So that, like, some of your heat is being reflected, but maybe not all of it? As opposed to if you're looking at yourself dead on, 
Do you understand? Does that yes, mean? that makes sense. But the reflection was warmer than the person because yeah, there, okay, was, there was a person in part of the shot mm-hmm. and then there was the reflection around because the like they panned over yeah. someone. So there was a person in one, one portion and then there's like a piece of doorway or something. And then there was the reflection on the other side. Mm-hmm. And the person was lighter than the reflection. And you would expect thingy. a reflection to lose heat, yeah. not retain it. Not okay. have more heat than a real person. Okay. That was my thinking, but I just wanted to present an alternate uh, yes. argument. If that would have been a good argument if it was the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So where would I? Yes. Okay. So um, they also investigated at one of the schools. And while they were doing that... One of the investigators, her name is JL, claimed to have felt something tug on her hand. Now they have, um, the camera was pointed at her when this happened and you can see like her, her arm jerks funny and then she flips out and like she runs out of the room and something grabbed her. That's what it looks like. Um, and before that. I don't know how long before that because it's a TV show and they cut a lot of stuff mm-hmm. out, like our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> but before but before that happened to her, um, at one point in the school, um, Josh saw a large shadow behind her. Like, all of a sudden it just went black behind her and it was, like, really big. Did it have wings? He didn't mention any wings <laughs> or any glowing red eyes. It's oh, unfortunate. Um, and that was about all that they caught. Josh Gates. I'm sorry. Yes. Josh Gates. <laughs> I've had his voice in my head this entire time. And I'm like, I know. Like he says, like, I'm Josh. <laughs> and like, I know it's there. I'm sorry. It just came to me. I had to shout it out. <laughs> and um, they talked to a couple people people um before they went in to investigate and one of the witnesses in the area she used to live there when she was a little kid and apparently she likes to sneak back there's a lot of people like to sneak into Mm -hmm. chernobyl yep and do stuff that they really shouldn't be Mm -hmm. doing like touching the the irradiated Mm -hmm. things (laughs) That's dumb. If you're going to trespass, do it safely. <laughs> Get yourself the little radiation card that tells you how much exposure you've had. Wear gloves. Don't touch shit. Yeah. And um, Bring a Geiger counter. She, uh, she says she has seen distorted ghostly figures of acquaintances of people that she knew that died <gasps> during the oh. accident. Wow. And... Um, There was one of the workers that was, I guess, get, just getting off his shift. They interviewed him, and he had said that he had seen some things in, like, I think he wor- worked near the reactor area. I can't remember if he was a soldier, like, he was, like, guarding the reactor area, or I think he was, because he looked like he was wearing military clothes. I don't remember. I should have wrote that down. Um, yeah, but he was telling them about an encounter that he was having 
or that he had there, and I, I'm really bad because I don't remember all what of that the one. encounter was? You didn't write it down? Um, no, I didn't. Oh, boo. Oh, I wasn't, I was thinking I wouldn't tell that one. I don't know why I wouldn't tell that one. Yeah, why not? Like, I think it was just that he saw a figure, like, go down, like, turn a corner or something, something like that. But they... nobody was there. Their official interpreter, like, refused to interpret this guy's story. Because the government will kill you. And... So one of their drivers stepped up and said, okay, I'll interpret it for you. It's like not a big deal, but the, the mil the military, um, I, I don't know why I'm air quoting because he was a military guy, <laughs> but like the, the official, the official military. Um, okay. So I'm getting confused. <laughs> he was the military guy. The other guy was just a worker. He was not military. But government employed. Yeah. Because the the interpreter guy, he was the official military escort for Destination Truth. Mm-hmm. And he refused to interpret what the other guy was trying to tell them. Because the government's all like... Or he was just freaked out about ghosts. I blame the government. <laughs> That's how they are over there. Like, you step out of line, you say something or whatever, like... That you're never heard from again. Yeah. I mean, I, it's kind of like that here too, but I think over there, they're less apologetic about it. They're so like, as opposed to, not that they're apologetic here, but like, it'll be more hush hush here <laughs> as opposed to over there where they're just like, yeah, we'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. And, um, other people have told of having feelings that they were being watched by something or someone strange. With glowing red eyes and wings. Maybe. And you can also book tours to go here. There, It's safe enough to have short stays and you can tour. Oh, okay. They have official Oh, that's tours. good because it used to be all like underground tours and you had to sneak in. No, these are official. I mean, they have like... Not that you want to go over there right now, but... <laughs> the... um. The exclusion zone has, like, it's divided up into, like, four regions. So, like, the reactor itself and then a, some miles out. I don't know. I don't remember the exact numbers. Yeah, like, numbers, different, like, zones. And further and further out. And each, you know, they're manned by the military, The each checkpoint mm-hmm. and stuff. So, I mean, even if you have a tour and you have a guide and everything is in order... You can get turned back at any checkpoint just because of... You're American. Well, just because <laughs> just because of the um, disposition of the person working the gate that yeah, day. Yeah, I just don't feel like it. <laughs> exactly. Which is... That was part of what happened in the mov- that movie. Right. And then they, like, snuck in a back they, way. Yeah. <laughs> Which, don't do that. There's official ways to do it. Just try again the next day. Ask that guy when he gets off. <laughs> off work, not... Yes. Know, we don't care about his home life. Just, when do you leave for the day? Okay, thanks. And then try again. Yeah, so... There's that. And, um... So, another... Just another little interesting fact is... 
there's like a couple hundred people that live inside the exclusion zone as they were evacuated from their homes and either they didn't like where they were, like everyone got evacuated to Kiev, which is a big city in Ukraine. And um, some people just didn't like it there or they couldn't afford to stay away. So they've moved back to the exclusion zone and live for free. Well, they've, they were mostly farmers anyway, so they farm their land, their irradiated land. Can, I was going to say, <laughs> can you still farm there? I don't think anything they, would grow. They farm, they eat the food they farm, and Oof. most of the people that live in um, the closer, closer to the um, disaster zone... Um, are elderly people. They're like 80, 90s, 70s. Oh, so they don't give a fuck. So, I mean, it's technically illegal to live there, but the government's like, You're we can't stop soon you. soon anyway. And, live your days. Yeah. But like the very, the very further, the very further out, <laughs> my tongue and words are not cooperating. No word science today. Um... The largest exclusion zone area, which is the furthest away from the epicenter, um, have kids and schools and stuff. Like they were never evacuated, so they, but they still got doses of radiation. So the kids have like go through checkups and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's crazy. I didn't realize how many people lived that close to it still. Like, yeah, I didn't either. I thought that whole area was just like completely abandoned. I didn't realize people were still working there. Yeah. Until 2065. <laughs> Jeez. Well, they should like that life after people, you guys, if you haven't watched that, look it up. It's so cool. Like <laughs> they go through and they theorize what will happen. They don't talk about like how people will disappear. They just go through and theorize if one day there were just no humans, mm-hmm. how would, like, what would happen to everything? And the one they did on New York City was really, like, um... Is that where the ocean rose? No. No. That was um, something else. That was a different one. So, like, the skyscrapers, like, eventually, like, the windows would fall out. Mm-hmm. And they had, like, the skyscrapers themselves would become their own ecosystems. Oh. So they showed, like... Well, like through computers, like they'll take like the Empire State Building and mm-hmm. they, they show like how basically how Earth retakes everything. Yeah. And so they're just like all covered in green and trees are growing through there and everything <laughs> and how like they've worked their way up to like the roofs. And so it's like the skyscrapers are like their own little jungles or, or <laughs> forests or whatever. And they had like how cats would... <laughs> I said how cats and her face just popped up out of her bed. I forgot she was up there. She's like, oh, were you talking about me? Um, Like would like take over because there are so many stray cats in in New York. And um, they're their own ecosystem. Then the rats and the mice are up there and the birds fly up there. So it's Mm -hmm. like they never have to leave. They could spend their entire lives like 60, 70 stories up and never come down to the ground. man-made mountain. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but the, the one that they did on Chernobyl, like, I don't remember the details of it, but like they, they use it as like an example. So like Mm -hmm. 
they'll keep coming back to it. Like here in Chernobyl, we can see it like the X amount of years have passed and we're at this stage. And like, they show like the, the famous, like the, um, the amusement park they had. Yeah. Like that's that's so creepy to look at. I know it was five days away from opening. (gasps) It never even opened. No, it never opened. It was brand new five days from its official open. Very cool. I I wanted to do this one, and I wasn't sure if I was actually going to actually get any haunting stories. But I wanted to check into it. I'm glad I Still got cool. stuff. Yeah, very cool. Because, I mean... Cool and creepy and... All the information on it is just interesting, too. Because I was just, like, watching stuff, and I was like... It's crazy. And all the photographs, there was this one thing I came across where... This guy kept going back over a course of 25 years and took pictures of the same locations. Mm -hmm. How to, like, compare. Yeah. And it's weird. Yeah. That would be cool to do, like, a a time lapse. And I'm surprised there wasn't more casualties, like, initial casualties. Mm -hmm. There was only, like, three or something. Oh. Yeah. That's not bad. I was going to ask if... um... If you had a count. But then, you know, later casualties was like thousands. Well, yeah, because of everybody who was exposed. Yeah. And then, of course, yeah, all the later cancer and I guess thyroid issues is a big thing Mm -hmm. for it. A lot of side effects. Well, very good story. Um, Should we call it? Yeah, we're done. Like us on whatever social media we have. <laughs> All of it. Uh, rate. Oh, I'm close. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Yes, it's my favorite hunting everywhere. Or my fave hunting. Yeah. So. I'm like, what? what, 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 what no. oh, but just, our handles, just, yeah. Just try. Just search. Look. Well, you'll find us. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Join our awesome Facebook group. Yes. Some really rad people in there. Yeah, and they're... Is the debate still going on about what to name us? Um, it's been I quiet. Mean, the flower, flower, flowers, flower, flower, flowers. Yep, the flower, flowers, flowerers, followers. Yes, our yes. Followers. Oh, are we making that a contest? I feel like we should make that a contest. Maybe we can talk about that the next episode. Yes, we'll discuss that not on the air. <laughs> I get excited. And run away with ideas. Um, but we have, we're going to have things to give away and I'm excited to give things away for free. <laughs> um, get our name out there. Yeah, exactly. Bumper stickers to put on your cars. Yes. Um, yeah. So I think we had all the, we had everything. So thanks for potting with us. Yes. See you next time. Same pod, pod channel. channel. Same, same pod, pod time. time. Oh, I think it's pod time and then pod channel. I'm trying to remember the guy. Same bat time. Same bat channel. <laughs> I, I mean, I haven't heard that guy's voice since I was like eight. So.